Welcome to the Million Dollar Peace Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Roldan, and I help people build peaceful million and multi-million dollar businesses all day. I'm an Eurekan that ran a multiple six-figure funnel agency before becoming a million dollar business coach. I support coaches, service providers, and agency owners inside my two programs, Million Dollar Email and Million Dollar CEO, where I've enrolled hundreds of clients exclusively through email with a list below a thousand subscribers and a lean team of just contractors. I'm able to take off from my business for months at a time without operations, delivery, or sales stopping. People are shocked by how much we do with such little stress, payroll, and social media. I'm on a mission to eliminate burnout from the industry, and I believe we can with the right team systems and mindset. I want more millionaires that aren't overworked and stressed. I want you to have peace. And that starts at the side hustle, six-figure, and multiple six-figure levels. Around here, we believe no peace means no growth, and we've got work to do. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the segment of Don't Be Mad, Go Make Money. I'm so excited to talk about sales today. This is DL on the mic. I'm so thrilled. And we're going to talk about sales, 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 sales. First of all, let's kick it off with Right now in 2023, there's lots of conversations about the economy and how can you make sales in this economy? Getting right into it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> you, we always want to make money in this economy. 2024 is a new economy. It's a new this. The market's different. Everything has changed. And I just wanted to kick it off with like, what are y'all's thoughts about selling in this economy? For me, selling in this economy means that your messaging has to be on point. You can't be offering a loosey-goosey result. You can't have testimonials to back up that result. You can't just be saying something off the cuff anymore. You're going to actually have to plan out your content. You're going to have to plan out your objections. You're going to have to plan out your webinar. I think right now in the industry, what it's really calling from all of us is intentionality. All in the pandemic, we could quack on Instagram and make money. We could show up on an Instagram store and make a whole bunch of money. People just bought things because they liked us, right? But now people are being a little bit more considerate, but they're not not buying. Like I just had two multiple six-figure launches. Like people are definitely buying, but I think it's just requiring that we're all a little bit more intentional with our selling. But what are y'all's thoughts? <laughs> I'm no financial expert. I want to be very clear. And I might sound yes. so ignorant when yeah. I say this, and I'm, but I'm just going to say it, you know, from yeah. my perspective. People, I want to start with like, the economy, like you said that people are being more intentional. I actually don't think they're being more intentional because of the economy from like a sure economic standpoint, like the recession or anything like that. I actually don't think that's why. I think it's because they've, you know, spent money on programs, didn't get the result. They're a little more tired because they've been working hard. They've been, I think it's for other reasons sure. than the, you know, actual financial side of the economy, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think too, people have overinvested and then their funds are literally lower than where they were. Right. And so then they are reallocating their spending. Yes. Because they overinvested in programs, didn't get the result that they wanted, had a bad experience to your mm -hmm. point, And now they're trying to make up for it. And that's why our selling has to be strong. But not because, of you know, the, they're holding their money. The government and government, down, Right. 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 The, that, I don't think that's why. I think that's just so important to name. Yes. Because that's what people are thinking. They're thinking it's because of that. I'm like, it's it's not because of that. To your point, my husband just got a job interview for a promotion at work. 
Right. There's openings at his company. My husband's had the biggest year in his business ever. Yeah. like We've all had the biggest year in our business ever. 100%. So it's not at all that. And I think that's important because to your point from a messaging standpoint, people aren't answering the right objections because they think it's just money. They think it's the money objection. When no, like you said, it's it's the you know over investing. It's all of that. The time spend, the money is lower because of the over investing, etc. I think too, the ideal client or what people are saying is a lot of money related objections. Mm-hmm. But the coach has to be smart enough to know that that's not the root issue. The coach has to be smart enough to be like, yeah, that's not the problem. I was just talking to a client and she was like, someone said that they couldn't join because of the money. And I said, but what did you actually offer them? What was the actual program? What was the actual like result you were offering them? And she couldn't tell me. And I was like, it doesn't matter if they said that they had a money objection. If you don't even know what you're selling and you don't have a clear result, because if you had a really fantastic result, they'll throw money at any of that. They'll be like, oh, I will find the money to get X. I like what you said about intentionality. I think also people are calling for a higher standard. Like they're no longer quote unquote easily fooled. Mm. They're doing more research. They're being more selective. They also, I think, are more clear now than ever on exactly what they want and exactly what they don't want. And I think people that aren't specific enough and are still vague, still like tiptoeing around so many things, trying to promise all of the the, the shiny bells and whistles, people are calling that fluff out and they're wanting something a little bit more reliable concrete and something else too i think now people are seeing who's actually serious about what it is that they're doing Mm. i remember during the pandemic you could easily sell because i think there was just like more people actively selling during that time but then so many people also got disappointed when so many of these people left last year so many people of them left in 2021 when they went back to work and, and so many of that so i think people are also wanting to just have like a little bit of trust in who they're putting their investments in with. Trust is a big thing. It's a big sales vehicle is trust. And I also think people know when you're copying someone. People know when you took someone else's idea and you're trying to put your own spin on it. Somebody knows all of that in your marketing now. I think it was easier to hide that. Mm -hmm. I think the flashiness of it was easier to do. But I think people know, hey, that was somebody else's idea and you can't just like brush it up. Especially in business coaching, like one of the things with business coaching is nowadays you can't just offer a four figure, I'm going to help you make four figures. Right. You can't offer that anymore. You can't offer, I'm going to help you hit 10K months. You have to offer something with a little bit more depth and you have to sink your teeth into it a little bit more too. I was actually going to say a little bit of the opposite, but I think we're saying the same thing overall, which is a few things. One, if you're going to offer it, you need to have results that back it up and that show, right? Because a lot of, I always tell my clients, I'm like, it's okay if it's, they're always like, I don't want to sound basic. I don't want to keep saying the 5k months or the 10k months. And I'm like, be basic, please. And just get people the results they want. If that's the result your client wants, then deliver it, whatever, right? Like promise it. But we've talked about where messaging recently in, in this economy, quote unquote, has been definitely leaning toward the trend has been like low promise and like a high amount of results of people hitting that promise. And I think it's not so much the promise that you have to make sure isn't like everybody else, but it's how you're talking about how you personally deliver the promise, your angle, your process, all those things. And so it's fine if you 
promise that, but like you do have to be a unique in, in the way that you are, uh, talking about it, but also you, you have to be delivering it. Yeah. As well. I think also style right now is selling now more than ever before. Mm. Style, whether it's how you're actually presenting yourself, how you're selling, how you're actually communicating concepts and frameworks. I think people now are also buying into what is that person's style and do I actually resonate with it? I'm a huge style shopper because I feel like I need to actually picture myself receiving the coaching, going back and forth in this in this container. What's my experience going to be? Um, because at the end of the day, especially when as we're shifting into like more support, more features in programs, longer programs, people want to actually envision that they're going to be in this in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Also, so good. I think. I, I'm of course because you said it. I'm going the visual visual route to that point, and I didn't realize I was doing this. But like, I've been thinking a lot about elevating my visuals, elevating my just presence to show that I'm here, I'm in it, I'm. You know what I mean? Like, this is a company that's here to stay. To your point, uh, and not just you know. And I think I'm already there, but I've just been thinking, how else can I do that? Yeah, 100%. How else can I do that? What I'm hearing, too, with the trust conversation, with the style conversation, is commitment. Like, your clients want to know that you're committed to them, committed to the process, committed to selling this over and over again. That's exactly what it is. They want to know if you are actually committed to them because the trust has been broken with some of their favorite coaches stopped offering their favorite program, stopped offering their favorite, you know, service, left the industry altogether. And so I think the relationship that people have is, oh, this is transactional. They can kind of go into the industry, hit it and quit it, make their millions and then leave. Oh, I don't want to invest in somebody like that. Or it's even like inauthentic being like, there must have been something that was happening behind the scenes that they never told us. And so I don't know if their framework works anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their program works anymore. I don't know if anybody's framework or program works anymore. And so I think like commitment is a really, really strong thing and integrity too. Being in, in integrity with what you're teaching, you should be a product of your product. Mm. What do you think people are looking for in terms of like offers and programs when it comes to sales? Like, is I'm seeing kind of like a shift into people doing like 12 months and, and lo- like long, again, longer time periods, more features. Whereas I feel like when I entered the industry, it was all about like getting the results fast. It was like boot camp, four week accelerator, eight week, whatever, three month cohort. Like I don't, I think six months at the time was like, oh, this is so a long. lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are looking for everything, actually. I think they're looking for a variety of things. I think we're going to see an uptick in people having multiple coaches again, but they're going to have multiple programs that are longer and makes more sense financially. So instead of spending 30K on one coach, they're going to spend 10K on three different coaches. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are wanting a little bit more holistic support. I've been seeing that a lot. I also think people are going to go back to to the hit it and quit it. Like, I just want something really fast. Can you help me with this one specific, small, small, itty bitty thing? Can you help me with that? And that's what, and I don't think the offer length or style matters, but I actually think it's the quality of your objections. Like, 
Kirsten and I were just talking about this. We had Q4 launches at the end of this year. They were the chattiest launches I've ever had. People were emailing in literally every day, 30 days prior to the launch being like, do you cover this small thing? Do you cover that small thing? Like they are so, so concerned about making sure that every little detail, when I pay this person 2K, 5K, 10K, 15K, am I going to get this problem solved? And really it's answering the, is this for me objection at the most granular Granular level, level, which requires you to know your client profiles. And if you don't, you're not going to answer the objection as much as you could and you're going to miss it, which is what I think actually what I've been seeing from like a marketing and sales perspective and messaging perspective is the coaches that know their clients and their and all the profiles like the back of their hand are cleaning out in the industry and like making the most money because a few reasons for one, obviously, like from a sales perspective, they're speaking directly to the person very clearly very succinctly all the things, but also from an expertise and trust perspective, it's like, who else knows me better than that person? And I think that's actually what everybody needs to be working on more than anything is knowing their person like the back of their hand. And I, when I coach in million dollar email, that's almost 100% of the time. The number one thing is I'm like, you're not being specific enough because you don't know your person enough. And you all want to know how to know your person the best? Does everyone want to know? Tell us, tell us, tell us. You have to be a phenomenal coach. Yeah, you have to be good. You have to be phenomenal. I am so tired of seeing bad coaches. And you have to think about your clients outside of the call. <laughs> but we don't want to go there. But we don't no, want to go there. No, we can. Let's actually let's spend some time on this. Like I think my results obviously, but my sales specifically skyrocketed when I doubled down on coaching, when I logged so many coaching hours. Like I don't know a lot of people that has coached more than me. Like I yeah. have thousands of hours logged thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of coaching logged under my belt. There are very few people that have coached more than me. And so when people are like, how does she sell so well? How does she make so much money? I spent hours with my client. And I also want to make sure that people know I didn't spend hours sitting on the call being like, well, what do you think the answer is? And how do you think you got here? And Try this and try that. No, I was an active participant in the coaching relationship. I see so many people sitting on Zoom calls with their clients, but they're so passive on the call. But I'm like, no, that is an opportunity for you to create gold, golden frameworks, golden objections, golden knowledge about your client that you wouldn't get otherwise. Something I want to name is scalability. (sighs) In my programs, that's the number one question, right? Especially million dollar CEO. It's like, well, is that scalable? Is it scalable? For example, recently, um, great example of this is every single mastermind client I have, which is nearly 40 clients right now. I wrote every single person down. I wrote down their entire situation. I wrote down what we've coached on. I wrote down what we need to coach on next. Did this whole exercise. It took me a few days. And I know one of my clients in in the program would have said, but is that scalable? What if you had 60 people? What if you had this? What if you had that? And something I wrote down, because even I thought that I want, like for a minute, I was like, is, can, can I be doing this all the time? Right. And something I wrote down was 
my clients will look for a coach that isn't scaling. They literally will. They literally will look for a coach that isn't scaling. Yeah. If I'm not willing while I'm scaling to do this quote unquote unscalable work. Yeah. So it's being willing to do unscalable work yeah. is what I really think it is. I remember coaching you and being like, if you don't do this work, if you don't think about your client, right. somebody else will. Somebody else will. Somebody exactly. else will think about your client if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. It's doing that quote unquote unscalable work. And I think be like when it comes to as a coach, selling coach, selling whatever you're selling, but like as a coach, that's going to be like, you have to, that you can't skip that client work. That's your client. That's a part of your client work. We say, we call what Kirsten is describing notebook time. Yes. Do you have a notebook where you are literally writing things about your clients and spending time thinking about it outside of the call? And I would even say like, is it scalable? It can turn into a scalable product. Oh my goodness. Like a I created a whole curriculum. You created create a curriculum. whole curriculum. I had so much sales content yeah. that I was like, I don't know how to talk about the offer. Well, now I do. Like yeah. I had so much sales content. It's absolutely yeah. becomes usable. The work is scalable. It right. ends up being scalable. I remember I did 26 VIP days, five hour VIP days, half of them in person in six months. That was insane. That was so much work. Don't recommend it. But <laughs> I created a rock solid curriculum. And with that curriculum, I was then able to double how many people was, was in liberation in my mastermind. And everyone loves our curriculum. On my podcast, people were having six-figure launches without even getting on the phone to coach with me because of that curriculum. Mm -hmm. So it fueled my client results, which fueled my sales. And this whole continuum continue. This whole continuum continued to happen because of doing that work. But I want to say, too, when it comes to coaching, people struggle with being so in it with their clients if they've experienced client hurt. And so we've talked, the three of us have talked a lot about client hurt, and we've talked a lot about how it stopped us from selling primarily mm -hmm. when clients have hurt our feelings and just how it's not really talked enough about like client hurt in general. I know that coach hurt, like, oh my God, I got this coaching program and they hurt me or something unethical happened in the container, which it does happen. Let me be clear. And there's the other side of it, which is about client hurt. So what do, what do y'all think about that? It's so interesting because I think they both stop sales for different reasons. Mm. Like with coach hurt, I could see not investing or taking a long time to reinvest in another coach or like trusting that relationship again. And because of that, your sales will slow down. Your growth of business will slow down. That happened to you. Right. And then with client hurt, which has also happened. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that this morning. Jasmine was like, we said 500K. I, I didn't, didn't want to drop names, but yes, it, it costs 500K, right? <laughs> like I was like, all wait, 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 hold on. How did it cost 500K that you didn't have a coach? Break that down for people. Great. Great. Yes. Great, great question. So. Last year, to be clear, I had a coach for the first half of the year. I had two coaches and I actually made a big mistake. First of all, one, I think I invested in, in coaching at the beginning of last year, quote unquote, because I thought I was supposed to. Mm. So I actually didn't do enough of, and they were both multiple five figures together. And so I didn't do enough of the research to even figure out what is the result that I'm looking for? What do I need support with? What is the style that I'm looking for? I didn't do enough of that research. And instead I was like, I just know I need a coach. Here's a coach, right? Mm. 
And then I think after we worked together, I think I had the thought of, I think I'm good. I don't think I need coaching anymore because I also didn't realize and understand the impact of coaching. And that could have been because of the coaching experience that I've had at the time. And I think the, so the next six months of last year, again, you know, I, I made a lot of money, got great results from my offers. But again, I thought I was good. Mm. And even I remember this year, this year was like kind of the first year that I've actually been in multiple programs, multiple masterminds. I have multiple coaches. Um, and you guys have been talking about that. But for me, like that was never normal. It was always like one coach in all of the area. Like last year, I had one business coach, one life coach all of areas of life, all areas of business. This year I've kind of like picked and choose. But this year for me, I feel like all of the work that I've been doing, being part of both of your programs as well, I was like, I should have been doing this last year. Mm -hmm. Every time I'm like, why am I still here? Why am I still dealing with this? Why is this still coming up? And a lot of it was like circumstances coming up in the business, but a lot of it was just my mindset and my identity. And just like, again, like not having the support, not having things cleaned up enough as, a, as it should have happened the year prior. And I just like really beat myself. And I've learned to like stop shaming myself, but I really beat myself up over taking like a six month break. Again, not with the intention of like, I genuinely thought I was good. And even though like, I didn't have to shut my business down or anything major, I just now see how much money I lost from that. Mm. Because everything just got delayed. Every All the results that I got just got pushed back, took way longer. Um, and it just didn't, the, the, the cons outweighed the pros by so much. And we can, we've talked about this before on the Breaks Break Businesses uh, segment that we did, but like, you can also be in coaching and not take the coaching. I think mm -hmm. about myself this year could have probably made $2 million. I could have doubled what I made. I didn't take the coaching for like eight months and I'm all super investing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, you can also, it's, it's one of those things where I think either way, if you're like, Oh no, I'm always invest. I'm always coached up. How much are you taking the coaching though? Like double check on that because I also thought I was taking coaching. I thought I was taking a lot of it and I took a few things, but overall, like there was a whole thing. The feedback journal changed the game for me. Let's talk, talk about, about the feedback. Journal. Let's talk about feedback in a second. But yeah. I do. And, and let's talk about what you're about to say in a second. How someone might say, like, how do I know if I'm taking the coaching or how mm. do I know? Is your coach repeating themselves to you? <laughs> is, is your coach repeating themselves to you? And if you coach with me, I will let you know when I'm repeating myself. No, here's the issue. No, no, no. <laughs> I, she gets I, petty and will say it in this different way, too, because also you're a good coach, so you know how to say it in different ways. She'll say it in this whole different way. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know you're retooling it because you think I'm dumb. <laughs> not actually, not actually, right? But like, if you find, also pay attention to that, too. Yeah. Because sometimes I, I do that with my own clients. I'm like, let me say it in a different way. Right. All the ways I can say it. Pay attention to not just literally repeating themselves, but like, are they having to like really, <laughs> right, go round and round about it and I, to get it solved? I want to be clear. Like, I went through this, like, my coach said, DL, you need funnels. I was like, okay, I thought I was taking the coaching. So right. I, I just 
thought about having a funnel. I didn't actually make one. So then, of course, I was running into problems and I was running into issues. And then she was like, you know, a funnel could solve that. I was like, oh, she told me that four months ago. And so if if your coach is repeating themselves, that means you're not taking the coaching. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you know, like if they're giving you the same feedback over and over again, you're not listening. And 100% and maybe like you're trying to process it, you're going over, it's going over your head. But even bring that to coaching, even bring your processing, okay, I'm still stuck here, I'm still stuck there, and you'll move further and further down the pipeline. Something I want to say, I want to talk about what we talked about last night in the living room, which was about, uh, or no, this morning it was about, uh, don't, don't hate your coach quietly. I'll talk about that in a second, but I want to just real quick, the feedback journal to your point, some things, especially when you have a great coach, right? They give you all this stuff and you'd be surprised how much your brain like drops and is like, okay, I'll focus on this. And you don't even know it. Literally it's just cognitive the the brain working doing what the brain does and um you had suggested to the program a feedback journal it changed my life because i have a journal that i write every single piece of feedback that i got in and now i just check it off and i look back and i'm like what haven't i done yet and i check it off and it's so helpful so also you know, again, going back to like, sometimes you just, you're not, you're not even trying to not take the coaching. Um, you know, you just forget or whatever, re-listen to your calls, put it in a journal. I thought that was just brilliant and just like a simple way to make sure you're not missing anything from your coach. Yeah, 100%. Let's, let's talk more about feedback, but Jasmine, you're going to say something. I was just going to say that I actually think coach hurt and like taking breaks and things like that is actually what can cause client hurt. Mm. because i i think about like the client hurt that i've had and a lot of it was because i wasn't coached up enough to not necessarily i can't prevent things from happening mm -hmm. but my reaction to it my thoughts about it your how actions I've handled after. it how i've That's handled it so after good. like i genuinely think coach hurt is what can cause client hurt to really be like that like that dagger to you. Yeah. yeah. To that point, that's such a good point. I remember I was going through a ton of client hurt and I felt in the pipeline, I was like, I don't think a lot of my clients are going to resign. Clients that have been with me for years, I'm like, I think they're on their way out. Mm -hmm. And I was sad about it, but I got coaching on it. And she was like, plan the exit, plan the exit, plan for all them to leave. And so I did, which I think what mitigates client hurt is sales. Yeah. You can always replace a client. Like, I think that's really important to note. You can always replace a client. So I think like having that relationship is so important with your coach to be like, hey, I'm really struggling here. Clients have hurt my feelings. They were unkind to me. They were disrespectful to me. Where can I take their feedback? But then also, how can I make sure that I have the sales process to replace them if need be? One of the things for client hurt too is, I really think client hurt when you go through that process and you also believe that you can sell and replace any client, you coach them better and stronger. Like I showed up as a cleaner coach, as a stronger coach, as a more bold coach when I didn't rely on anybody to resign. I didn't rely on anybody to keep with me. I didn't need that validation because I knew I had a line of clients waiting at the door to, to enroll in my programs, even if they didn't want to resign. With that, and I think going into like our feedback conversation, I actually have become more honest with clients and I'm like less 
afraid, quote unquote, to tell them what they need to hear and give them the feedback that they need to hear. So I think with that, we can go into like kind of the feedback conversation. And I'm curious um, for both of you where you have like extensive feedback features in your offers. I think like how have you managed to make sure that it doesn't even seem like personal because I, I think especially I with the with things creative I think so many people like take the feedback so personally and it's so easy for me to do so but I've managed to like kind of have somewhat of a boundary of like oh they're just critiquing my work not me yes I think when it comes to feedback and like feedback journals or something that like we implemented in liberation but When it comes to feedback, I love what Kirsten said before is everyone wants strategy until they get it. (laughs) Everybody wants to be told exactly what to do. Rip my emails apart. I want you to tell me exactly why this didn't convert, exactly why I don't have sales, exactly why I want to, like, how can I double my conversions? Tell me exactly what it is. And then we give the feedback and then they're shocked, right? They're like, wait a minute, I have to change. And I think it's just this relationship to to validation where we want to seem like we're doing well. We want someone just to give us that gold star and that check mark when that's not what feedback is for. How I view feedback is even if something is phenomenal, I will still take the extra work to actually comb through it. I will still find something that I think could strengthen it. And you want as many eyes as possible on your work. Going back to client profiles, when you see something once, you'll pick out the objections. But if you see something twice, you'll pick out 10 more. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure you're sweeping your sales and you're combing through each thing. It just strengthens the sales asset. And at the end of the day, you don't want the coach to approve of the work because it's not just being sent to your coach. It's being sent to your community. Right. And so you don't want the coach to be like, gold star, gold star. And then when they when you send it out to your audience, when you send out the email, the webinar, it doesn't convert. And so don't worry about the coach. Worry about the actual sales asset being as strong as possible because it's being sent to your whole community. And I think what happens a lot of time, going back to what we talked about this morning, what happens is, you know, we like I said, we want feedback till we get feedback. And I think the biggest thing is if you don't like the feedback, please, please, please still talk to your coach. And Jasmine and I were talking this morning about how, you know, she has not really been like believing what her coach is saying. She feels like the the strategies that she's giving isn't like fully thought through. One of her coaches not fully thought thought, uh, thought through that she's not considering all these different things, et cetera. And I said, you can't hate your coach quietly. Mm-hmm. The best way we joke about this, DL and I, she she calls it my I hate DL era. Like I go in and out of uh, of not hating my coach quietly and She's like, no, you don't hate me quietly. But because of that, I'm able to actually like get the result that I came for. So it doesn't mean being mean to your coach and like disrespectful or anything like that. Rather, it's being okay with asking more questions. It's being okay with like just trying to understand and taking up space and being okay. One thing about me, I ask questions. I ask a lot of questions. And she does. And it's annoying. And and even I'll say, even I'll say like, I don't understand that. I don't feel like you're thinking about this. I don't feel like you're thinking about that. Like, what about this? What about that? Right. I would rather do that than ghost my coach because then I don't get my result. And so I would rather be the quote, you know, uh, I don't even want to say problem client. I don't like that 
phrase, but like, I'd rather be the client that takes up a little space, mm-hmm. right? Than be out. Right. And also, I know we all have clients that come from high achieving backgrounds to where reaching for the stars, doing the best, being the best is kind of like the norm, the standard. Mm -hmm. But I'm also like, you don't have to take it, but then don't get mad at the results. Like I, every time I choose not to take coaching, it has slapped me across the face. As I was saying, cost me thousands of dollars. But then guess what? I keep my mouth shut because I'm like, I should have listened. I should have done this. And so with feedback, I also like get a little bit irritated when people take it so personally. And I, I, I was talking to, uh, I was talking about this with you all. And I also think like where in other areas of your business, of your life, with your f- business friends, with your groups, where are people honestly not giving you the feedback that you need to where now all of a sudden, Someone isn't giving you You, the gold star, right? And you're literally like, you're charged, you're aggravated, you're upset. And your coach shouldn't be the only one giving you feedback. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No. We give each other feedback all the time about every single thing. And I've said, like, I truly think that's what makes us one better to such a strong friend group because we're being honest with each other. We're not over here saying, well, yeah, you had a good launch. Oh my gosh, that was an amazing program. Like we're not putting each other down all the time. We get, we still get to celebrate ourselves, but we still give the harsh feedback. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've made each other cry. Yeah. And that's this that's weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's what's gotten us the best results. Yeah. I think that's so good. And From my standpoint as the coach, I was telling this Kirsten when I went over, I was telling this to Kirsten when I went over her house. From my perspective as the coach, you did not pay me to just smile in your face. You did not pay me just to put a gold star on your piece of work to make you feel better. You paid me for my honest feedback. Mm -hmm. And it's an ethical and integrity issue for me on if someone pays me $15,000, I'm going to give my most honest review on how to make this better. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. You paid me $15,000. And if you don't take that seriously, at least I'm going to take it seriously. I think it'd be powerful to note too, and we've been talking about this a lot this weekend, like being the coach that wants your clients to challenge them a little. Mm-hmm. You, you have a whole, you know, client archetype system. One of them being the challenger. We're all challengers. It just so happens to be. Uh, and you say challengers create curriculum. And I think a lot of people, uh, worry about being a, a problem client, right? And they worry that their coach is going to be mad at them. I've had clients apologize to me. I'm like, there's no need, right? And going back to what Jasmine said, like, how do you create a culture of helping your clients not take things personally? I think it's being a coach that's willing to go toe to toe with a client. Yeah. Right. It's being a coach that welcomes that. You all know this weekend I, I had a client who was like, I don't really get this. Like, I don't get this, this thing that you're talking about. And I was, I told you all, I was like, I'm so happy they're telling me this so that I can coach them. I was so happy to coach them. A year ago, I, I wouldn't have said the same thing because I've learned so much about being that person right. and having that identity of like, no, I want to coach my clients. Right. And coaching sometimes requires a client being like, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. I, you know, whatever. Right. And 
I think that's huge is you create that culture in, the, in, in your community when you're willing to do it. Right. And you're a really great example of that. Of what? BL. But being willing to like go toe to toe with clients. It's my favorite thing in the world. Right. It's my favorite thing is helping a client get to the place where they understand the feedback. They're right. implementing it. They're putting it in their own lens. They're making it them. Like I remember there was a client that didn't understand the result that I was trying to help her create in her mm -hmm. offer. She literally said, I didn't like the feedback. I didn't understand it. We coached on it. We created one of my favorite results I've ever created for a client. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad she engaged with that feedback process versus shutting down. I was going to ask, and I would love for you to touch on this, but specifically talking about like taking the feedback versus a client thinking that you're trying to control their business or control how they're trying to do everything. And I only have to do a DL's way or it doesn't oh, work. Before we do that, I just want to quickly note, it is important for the client too to reconcile the feedback as well and do their part. We shouldn't be spending five calls with you because that's a waste of your time right. as the yeah. client. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like also reconcile, like sitting with your journal and being like, why did my coach say this? Why might you say that to me a lot? You're like, why might I be saying this? I'm like, <laughs> I'm not reconciling. That's actually a really good question. Like, why would the coach give you this feedback? Why would they give me this feedback? Why That's are they thinking like that? Why are they? And you say that to me all the time. You're like, yeah. why might I be saying this? I'm like, oh, I forgot. Right. I got to reconcile. Don't spend five calls going back and forth because your coach, you know, gets to like, like, Piece, piece it, it out. out with you. Yes, you can use your call for that. Do you want to? Right. And I've definitely, you don't. In those moments, I've definitely had the thought of like, well, they're just not getting it. They're just not getting me. Absolutely. They just can't figure me out. They can't help me. And it's so easy. I realize like it's so easy to have that thought and go that route as opposed to asking that question. And the beautiful thing about being a sales coach is, is if I can't understand you, neither will your clients. Right. <laughs> if I... Right, if like you with all of your expertise if and knowledge, me and all of my skills, working with hundreds and hundreds of clients. If I'm confused on what you're doing, your audience will 100% be confused too. And that's the thing that people don't understand. Like, if I don't get it, it's not that I'm trying to be mean or I'm intentionally like putting your offer down. I'm thinking about your clients. Your clients aren't going to understand it either. So you need to welcome the feedback from your coach. We were going to talk about yeah, it. Let's talk about the feet, the, the controlling. This is big on business coaches specific. The business coaches are always being told we're trying to control people's businesses. No, I, and I remember you literally got like a question. You did like an anonymous question and someone's like, all your clients are exactly the same. And you were like, what? are you even talking about? And it's like, do you not want to be step by step? Hand by no, hand. everybody wants feedback. It's because until people, they get everybody wants a framework. They want a proven process. No, it's until they get a proven process. Crazy. They genuinely <laughs> don't know how to be creative. I think that's the problem. Yeah. They don't know how to take the coaching and make it their own. They don't know how to take the framework and make <sighs> it their own. So then they have the option of either step by step copying their coach, which the coach doesn't even want, right? And that's still why they don't get massive success. Or they're literally hating their coach for giving them a step-by-step -step action plan because they don't know how to make it their I'm own. just like, why would you pay five figures? Literally. Why would you pay five figures, multiple five figures, if you don't want to be told <laughs> what to do? Make it make sense. No. Like, like, what do you want to happen? What do you want to happen? Yeah. And honestly, like, I think it also, let's also throw, throw them a bonus. Well, like, e it takes a skilled coach 
to give a proven process in a customized way to a client. Right. It does take a skilled coach. But and we, do that, tell, and we do that every day, all day, every day. <laughs> but if you like fundamentally like have, and I think some of it is like authority issues with like authority. 100%. If you have a little bit of like a rebellious like nature to you, you're going to immediately, even if it's fully customized, thought out just for you, which at least in our programs it is. Yeah. Right. Can't speak for other people. You're going to automatically think no matter what that we're telling you what to do and we're not thinking about your unique situation and so, we don't care. So here's how I think about it. You're going for days about this. No, it's so true. <laughs> it's like you're paying me for this result. I'm going to tell you my recommendation. And my thing always is, is I just don't want you back on my Zoom crying. Mm-hmm. That's always what I'm trying to do. What can I say to the client so that they don't come back on my Zoom screen crying? It's totally okay if you cry. You could be a crier. I'm a crier. Like it's totally okay. But that's always my end goal. Like I don't just want you coming back on this phone disappointed. And so people don't view it that way. People are not viewing their coach like, I'm on your team. I want you to win. It literally, it does not serve me for you to fail. It does not serve me for me to be controlling your energy. It does not serve my business to have a whole bunch of mini BLs. Especially as a business coach. It doesn't serve me. As a business coach, it literally does mean nothing. No good. It hurts my business actively. Yes. If you don't get results. Yes actively hurts my business. I will be out of business. I will not. I will be yeah. back in healthcare. Yep. Gone. Yep. I'll be in a new niche. I'll be a, a <laughs> totally new niche. Gone. So I think it's because people don't place as much value on results as you both do. And I, for like, sure. And, and like I said, in our, we can only speak for our community. But then they're on my phone crying, right? <laughs> like then they're sad that they didn't hit a goal. It's, it's so much. We're trying to avoid them unnecessary pain. It's a lot of that being like, I have been down this road. I see what it's like and it's not pretty. You don't want to go down. Why wouldn't you want my experience? Why wouldn't you want like, again, why would you pay me five figures? Just don't. Just and, don't. And I want to name kind of like what we've been talking about. It's very normal for you to have the thought, but then it's like, what do you do with What do you thought? do with it? What do you do with, oh my God, they're telling me what to do. Okay, pause. Let me bring this to coaching. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to see it this way, but it's not rubbing with me. Pause. Let me bring this to coaching. You can have the thoughts. We're not saying the thoughts are bad, but often people stop with the thoughts and then they don't get the result. Something I do that DL absolutely loves and adores. It's I her hate. favorite part about <laughs> I me. Hate. I hate. Is she'll give me coaching. I'll come up with 20 ideas about how to apply the coaching. And she's like, no, 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 no. But I come up with these unique ideas for myself from the coaching that was given. And then when I'm like, why are you just telling me no or whatever? She'll then be able, it goes back to reconciling with your coach. She'll be able to explain further, like, this is why you wouldn't want to do it this way. And then I go back to the drawing board. So it's not like we're telling you, take it. And march on. Rap, like there's ways to sit with the coaching, make it your own, bring it back to the coach, collaborate with the coach. But if you're just immediately like, oh no, if they just tell me what to do, then I'm not doing that. I'm just like, you're not, I'm, I'm, it would be wrong for me to have people pay what they pay and for me to not have a framework and a process. It's it would be wrong. It's unethical. It would be wrong. It's unethical. If you just came onto my calls and I was like, 
What do you want? Do what you want to do. Absolutely. Oh, amazing. You're fantastic. Oh. You're great. Great right. job. Oh. No, I see tearing up your business as an ethical responsibility of mine. Literally. Literally. I have to. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I think a big pet peeve of mine, too, is instead of doing that, what people will go do is ask other people for advice on the coaching. (laughs) I'm literally like, I have never thought to do that because why, to everyone's point, like, why am I paying a coach if I'm going to ask a friend, a business friend in a different industry, different niche, who I'm not paying, who is not like, who doesn't have the context, I'm asking this like person on the advice on the coaching and then go following that just because my feelings won't get hurt by it. I did that once though. I did that once. How'd it work out? Right. D- DL literally was like, I don't secondhand coach. And at first I thought she was like being petty, but then I asked her, I was like, I'm confused. Like what's like, what's the issue with me asking you about this coaching that I got? And you were like, I don't know the context of that coaching. I don't know the behind the scenes. I don't know what you said for that coaching to be delivered. It would be wrong of me to coach you on something else that someone gave you. I don't secondhand coach. It's a policy of mine. And I was like, whoa, like it it was something that I had never known to be an issue. And like, it makes so much sense. So you don't want that. That's a surefire way to give half, to get half-baked coaching. Yeah. Because they have no idea they're also why that looking, coaching was given. They're not also, they're also at this point, the client is not even looking for coaching. They're just looking for someone to say, to yeah, validate. do your thing. And it goes, it goes back to, so to tie all this back in a little bit, like, what does sales have to do with being a good student, being a good client in a coaching container? You need support in order in- to increase your sales. I have rarely, rarely seen someone double, triple, quadruple their sales without really good, honest support. Honest support where someone is tearing up their business, they're being brutally honest. They don't make more money unless they have that specific level of support. I just haven't seen it. So if you're looking to double your sales, especially in the new year, you have to have this clear and specific and honest and truthful support in order to grow your business or you're going to plateau again. Yeah. And ask yourself, like, are you looking for a coach that could help you get the result or are you just paying multiple five figures for validation? And sometimes, you know, I want to I want to go the opposite way where going back to like the whole idea of being skilled, you know, to skilled enough as a coach to customize and things like that. Sometimes, and Jasmine and I talk about this a lot, sometimes you don't need as much customization as you think. So <laughs> that's that's what got me. I kept thinking I was a special snowflake. Same, right. No one Same. is like me. Right. I'm also I I have an agency. I do coaching. I'm I have something new. This is a new thing. A new thing I'm creating. I want to, I want to name that because sometimes people will sit and try to give me 25 minutes of context. Right. And I'm like, the coaching's the same. I love saying that. Didn't change. I love, that's, and, and you know what I usually, things. I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Coaching is going to be the same on this. Right. So like, and, and I think that's so important. Like the, the context isn't always as needed as you think. Yeah. And this is where I think, and this is a whole other conversation where I think people will lean toward some people due to coach hurt, things like that will be like, Oh, I can't like get what I need in a group. For example, it's just because you think you need all this context when you really don't. Yeah. You really don't, especially yeah. not when you're working with a coach that 
has gotten a variety of results for a variety of people. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to thinking that your coach is on your team. I swear that will solve the majority of the issues yes. is being like, wait, she's on my team. She cares about me. She sees me. She would only be saying this because she wants to help me. And I also think too about like context, like the coach doesn't also need to know your whole back end. Like I have seen Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses. I know a thought error when I see it. I know a strategy error when I see it. I know a bad offer when I see it. I know a pricing issue when I see it. Like it does not take so many things. And for the things that do take me time, let, let me make that decision. You right. will literally see. I'll lead the call on a coaching call. I'll be like, Hmm, let me sit and think on this or I'll get back to you. Like, let me make that decision. And so I just think it all goes back to trust with your coach. To Jasmine that, was going to say something. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think it's also about recognizing, to your point, that the coach has their best interests. And I think that could tie a little bit when you start comparing yourself to your coach. And it's like, my, like, I don't want to, uh, my coach doesn't want me to out earn her. My coach doesn't want me to be better than her. So I think like it's also rubbing off of where does the client have those error thoughts in mind, either due to like previous experiences or whichever, to where they're the, they themselves through comparison are like pitting themselves against their own coach. That's, I just want to say that is some of the most wasted energy yeah. when you're comparing yourself to your coach is some of the most wasted energy. This industry is way too big. It's way too big. There are so, there are hundreds of thousands of people in this world that don't even know about you, that don't even know about your coach. When people do that, they literally box themselves in. When I used to have that experience with my coach, but then I thought about my clients don't even listen to my coach's podcast. My clients don't even care about what my coach is up to. They don't even really know her. They know of her, but they don't really know her. And so I think about that with my coach's coach. I don't have no interest in working with my coach's coach. And so I just think like people who have those thoughts, they have a very, very small world when this industry is way bigger than you and your coach and a hundred other thousand people combined. I wanted to speak to the people who, because we've talked a lot about like navigating your coach relationship and things like that, the client coach relationship. And I want to speak to the people that feel like, well, I don't want to like give up my agency and like I've lost self-trust before in making my decisions. There was an incredible podcast. I just want to name Carlo and Thyle had done it and it was about being dramatic and something I loved it because she was talking about how she heard this person in a cafe, you know, who decided not to put a deposit down on an apartment because somebody suggested they didn't. And she was like, I've broken my, my trust with myself. And it, and it's this whole thing. And she was just like, what if it didn't have to be that deep? Like, what if, you know, what if that's hurting you more? What if being dramatic is actually hurting you more mm -hmm. than the actual, uh, instance? And I think like, that's really important, especially if you're going to stay in the industry. If you're going to tell yourself like that listening to your coach is a break in your self-trust and your agency and your sense of self and your identity, we have to solve for that because like that's going to be an issue. And I think people only go there when the coaching didn't work 
But I would venture to say like you didn't make the coaching work. You didn't make the coaching work. You didn't do the coaching fully in order for you to get the result that you wanted. So it's not that you abandoned yourself, but it's also like when I'm giving coaching, I'm thinking about the client first and foremost. I remember a client came to me and said, I didn't like the webinar title you gave. I didn't like that outline that you suggested to me. And I literally said, oh, wait a minute, hold on. I went back to her document and I highlighted where I got that idea from. I'm like, that didn't come from me. This came from what you submitted in. And so agency, like, what does that even mean when we're all coaching based off of what the person is saying? Yeah. Don't get mad, go make money. So if you're like, how do we get on a coaching rant? Like, how do we we get on that? I just think in order to grow and scale in this industry, you have to have phenomenal sales support. You won't make it. You will not make it as the market is changing. So maybe the economy isn't changing in the traditional sense. Like the government still has not declared a recession. Like we're all still technically good. But as the market is shifting, as people are a little bit more discerning and they want to make sure their investments are well spent, their coaching dollars are well spent, you're going to need someone to be brutally honest with you. You're going to need to like your coach. Like, can you actively practice liking your coach, liking the person that you paid. Your self-trust grows when you like your coach. Your like own confidence grows when you believe that you have somebody in your corner who believes in you. You show up differently knowing that you have support. So the coach doesn't ever need the validation. Like I say this to my clients, y'all, don't, I know I'm amazing. You don't have to, you don't have to blow smoke up my butt. Like I know I'm amazing. Your results prove it. That's all I want from you. But you should show up better to your investments when you like your coach, when you have a good relationship in your own mind with your coach. And you're willing to do the work just as much as your coaches. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so important. All right. Don't be mad. Go make money. Thank you all for tuning in.